Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt. And today, we talk with award-winning filmmaker, book author, energy healing, and interdimensional consciousness lecturer, Miss Carolyn Corey. So with that, Carolyn, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Hey, Vaughn. Thanks so much for having me. This is awesome. Oh, I'm, I'm so delighted that you took the invitation. And I love talking about portals all over the place and all the different ones that are opening up around the world. That many of my listening audience in Asia and South and the Pacific Islands are exploring and reporting back to me in their findings. And I love to find authors and researchers that are finding the same ancient knowledge and the abundance of it is coming up. So before we dig into this research and the findings that you found in your research, um, can you tell the audience your story for how you even got into this work in the first place? Yeah, for sure. So for me, it started uh, when I was very young. I was uh, five years old and uh, I had an experience. I, I I was just there and all of a sudden I started to see beings, you know, and talk to them. And so, you know, you hear a lot about uh, children talk about uh, imaginary friends and things like that. So it was sort of like that, but not really because um, I was seeing that uh, these beings were uh, light beings, you know, and then they started to talk to me telepathically. And I realized like, wait a minute, I, I can see these things. I can see the subtle energy. I can actually see, uh, the messages kind of transferring from their consciousness to mine. And so, and basically they told me they, or they showed me and, you know, I understood that, uh, we all come from somewhere um, in the universe, and um, and this is kind of our lineage. I could see that I was part of them, like they were me in spirit form, and I was them in the physical form. And so it was kind of like my spirit lineage, my divine lineage for where I came from. And so that was a huge, huge kind of wow, you know, and uh, I realized they, they said, we are going to, we stay connected with you your whole life, but you have to ask, you have to kind of, you have to focus your brain and say, I want this. So that was my first lesson at the age of five. And, uh, you know, I'm five years old. Nobody teaches you 
hey, you're going to be talking to <laughs> invisible people and, and this is the process. So so to me, I thought it was a normal thing. I, so I didn't talk about it. I didn't tell my parents or friends or anything because I thought I didn't think it was special. I didn't think I was special at the time. Um, so, but it stayed with me. I was like, wait a minute, how did this happen? Like, what? <laughs> you know, is it like, did I make this up? Is this for real? Uh, and so as I'm asking these questions, I'm having more and more experiences and growing up, I realized that it's all about consciousness, that consciousness is everywhere in the universe. And even though we are here in this physical body at this moment in time, but our consciousness is still unbound. It's still infinite. It's everywhere. That's why, and that's how we can tap into information that's not necessarily physical. So, so because of that, I, I got into the field of consciousness, you know, I started developing methodologies for meditation, for healing, for downloading information, for expanding consciousness and working with hundreds of people around the world, you know, for years and years and years and years, wrote books and taught workshops and talks. And this became my world um, because of that direct uh, experience that I had. Well, that's awesome. I have three questions about um, your upbringing that brought you into this metaphysical world and the, the lifetime of research. First, when you were a child, you said you saw light beings. Can you explain these who these light beings were? Did they like have a shape? Did they have a color? Did they have a look? What was what can you describe if other people are seeing these light beings? Maybe you can describe it so that they can recognize their experience in your experience. Yeah, they didn't have a humanoid shape, you know, like uh, angels or anything like that. It was just more of a very vague shape of light. And there's more than one. They were kind of like a group. And mm. so uh, and so, what happens is that when you are uh, in the experience, you're, you're kind of like you, you merge with that energy. And so you're like, you're them, they're you. It, it's not so like, here's my body and here's your body. And so, so I could just feel and see that I was merged with like just pure light. It was just like pure light. So I would say that uh, they're not a humanoid. They're not from this star system. They're not extraterrestrials, like what we think of as extraterrestrials. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and then I saw, like I said, I could see the lineage and they came from what I call source. So mm -hmm. source for me is kind of, uh, it's the energy. It's like the, uh, at the center of the universe, like the hub of the entire universe, like the headquarters, basically. Mm -hmm. That's what I uh, feel. And I could see that they came from and who they are. Okay. Now, so like, so in Buddhism, um, we actually have um, many different uh, people write books on their direct connection to source, God, Allah, whatever you want to call that infinite energy that everything comes out of and is directly connected to uh, one of our monks in, I can't remember his name. He, he called it, he wrote a book. It's called the universal one mind. It was a Japanese um, Zen Buddhist monk. And so many prefer it to the universal one mind. So, but, um, but these light beings that you connected with um, as 
many in Buddhism and Hinduism know, even what we quote call ETs are taking instruction from source itself as well. So there is nobody yeah. besides source in which we can have reverence all the way through too. So even the ETs aren't gods. So uh, I just want to distinguish that as well, because when we start talking about these higher dimensional beings and these light beings that go all the way to source, it's easy to, 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 to belittle our own worth and put one in a pedestal where really it's all the same and one in the same, directed to the same one universal mind. So um, so that is amazing that you spoke to non-physical light beings that were basically very ancient wisdom um, coming out of source. So they're so ancient that they never, like their culture, did they give you a kind of a name or an idea or a frequency of what their culture was originally? Like well, it's not, again, it's not a culture because it's not human in the way we understand culture. It's basically the intelligence of the universe. It's mm -hmm. like you know, if you call it the cosmic mind, then it is the the mind of the universe. Basically, that's the frequency uh, that they held within themselves. Now, you mentioned something that's very important. What's the difference between them and other extraterrestrials or us? Um, there is no good or bad, you know, or bigger or smaller. Sometimes I give this example, like, which is better you or like the dog, you know, it's like, there is no better. It's a different type. It's a different form of life. You know, it's like, so, but each form of life serves a purpose. And so as a human being, you, your consciousness can do certain things, can perform certain things, evolve the universe in a certain way and have certain experiences. Well, those types of beings also have a kind of a different, you know, it's kind of like in an organ, not all mm -hmm. organs are the same. Each organ does something else, mm -hmm. but together, together is one body. So mm -hmm. it's a little bit like that. And so I want to say that these beings came from something like the brain. You know, it's all like, it's kind of like they touch a little bit of all the organs, all in all of intelligent life um, forms. And that's kind of how, how I saw them. And awesome. So these non-physical source code souls, um, you, uh, you say that when you, telepathically connected with them as a child throughout your life uh that they're they have a you have a lineage and a heritage with them so you had incarnated from their existence as a source called soul into physicality as a human here on earth so uh, in buddhism we technically call these ancient souls that incarnating toku and okay. it, it, in the past, like Yeshua ben Yosef and, and the, the old, older Dalai Lamas and all these ancient souls, um, all the ma ascended masters, all that kind of, all, all the luminaries, uh, they didn't happen in scale. They were very small amounts and they're very fifth dimensional and also infinite frequency. But what is different now in the 21st century is the mass scale of these so-called toku or star seed incarnates incarnating on earth at this time that's what's different it's the same game but the scale of which is different and so i, I wanted to ask you since you have recognition of being a star seed incarnate from one of the lineages to these non-physical source code souls uh why would you incarnate as a human being here on on oh. earth at this time <laughs> 
What's the purpose? Wow. Oh my God. So this is a very big, big conversation and long, it's not like for one thing, but each person has a specific, what I call uh, a prenatal agreement. You know, everything is purposeful. You don't incarnate just to kind of float around on earth. I mean, you know, you're here for a purpose. You're, uh, you bring, speaking of lineages. So what happened was, was because I could feel that I was from the same lineage. And they mentioned uh, that this this connection is never severed. When you when your consciousness goes into a human body, when you incarnate, your consciousness remains connected to that lineage. That's the reason why we hear, uh, and everybody's the same. So there's no, um, so that's why we hear a lot of people like they channel, you know, Palladians or they talk to different types of beings here and there, or some of them speak to angels, you know. So why isn't it that everybody like doesn't talk to the same thing, you know, or the same type of being? It's because they're talking, they're communicating with their lineage. And so this is very important. It's kind of like my background and your background and somebody else's background. So if we all kind of brought in the exact same frequency, the exact same lineage, the exact same information, then it would be just one, you know, like one evolution, like one path. But that's the idea. I bring, as I incarnate through my prenatal contract, I bring to the human form, my signature, the, my lineage, as I awaken, as I open up to where I came from. That's why it's so important to awaken when you are here in the human form. What does it mean to awaken? It means that you start to realize that you are more than this body, that there's more, that you came with a lot of, a lot of universal information and frequencies right here in your body for you to perform. So that's so what's the purpose? The first thing is to bring forth your divine lineage through the human form. So I'm kind of a hybrid. So are you? I, I am, my physical body looks like human, but now that I'm awakened to where I came from in the universe, I start to bring that, you know, because it's conscious now. It's not like who, what, what, you know. So, so it's conscious through my work, through my teachings, through when I talk. Um, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Through my movies, because I'm aware where the information is coming from. So that's the first purpose. And so as I'm doing that, and the more I awaken, the more information I can bring through. And mm -hmm. as, I, as I'm bringing through this larger aspect of myself, and you are doing the same, and she is doing the same, and he's doing the same, then we are evolving humanity mm -hmm. multidimensionally. You know, we're all pouring this in new information in a new, unique way. Each of us have a unique lineage and a unique uh, frequency uh, to evolve uh, humanity, to push evolution forward multidimensionally, you see.
Mm-hmm. And so that is the first bigger purpose that and common purpose that everyone has. And then within that, there are more specific purposes. Like you right. know, I'm here to work specifically, let's say, with consciousness evolution, with spirituality, whatever. Other people are here to work with, let's say, the chemistry and the pulsation, whatever, of the planet. Others are here to work with the intelligence of, I don't know, the animals or something. You know, everybody has a different, mm-hmm. you know, so the, the agreement and the purpose is is multi-layered. Wow. I love that. It, it, it almost sounds like Earth is the United States of the cosmos. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, God, it's, it is exactly In, in terms of being multi, like, faceted, multicultural, multi-spirit, you know, we're like a mixed soul planet. <laughs> exactly. So. And every planet is like that. And think about, if you start to think about this in this way, there would be no borders, because we would all realize that we all came from the same place. We all have a divine lineage and we're here temporarily to evolve this planet. We're not here to take over, you know, this guy's house and this guy's country and this guy, you know what I mean? Because we would be, we would realize we are one universal species, you know, here for the same larger purpose. Right, right. I, I love that. Okay. So let's begin with your work. So I, I've compartmentalized some questions for different aspects of your work and you have a huge library of work. So we're barely touching the top of, of, of your content. So everyone go to her website in the show description. It has all of her content and you can go down that rabbit hole of all the research that she's found, but let's begin with your films. So the common theme is peaceful first contact, not the Hollywood alien invasion. Okay, that's the common theme I see in much of your documentaries. And the documentary with the beautiful um, back cover of your your Zoom uh, is A Tear in the Sky. So um, the documentary A Tear in the Sky shows scientific evidence that UFOs are coming through portals in the sky. And also um, the link is in the show notes, but the History Channel broadcasted a supporting documentary about portals in the sky on Skinwalker Ranch, which some of your um, technicians worked with on that one as well. So if we move into quantum space travel via stargates or portals in the sky for air travel and also portals on the ground on Earth for people to travel through, I want to know, how would world governments embrace people and quote, quote, aliens traveling through portals? I mean, what's your thought on that? How would government? Yeah. How would, how would government, the airline industry, the tourism industry, just, you know, just, I want to know what is your thought? Let's fast forward this and say, okay, we are now a, intergalactic society where we are traveling through portals in the sky and through portals on the on the ground uh how would this transition happen in a peaceful way yeah first of all we wouldn't have uh this sort of government it would be a totally different type of government and i believe the portals have always been here they still are here and one 
know the reason why we're so behind uh, in understanding or revealing uh, their presence is because we have the type of government that we have, which is there's nobody else out there. Or we don't know. Don't look up. There's nothing there. It's ridiculous. So on and so forth. Why? Because if we have the por the portals, um, it's, it's not just for interstellar travel. Of course, there's that. Uh, and for teleportation, like you're saying here on Earth. If we understand that there are actually portals uh, within our space, and these portals connect us directly to other alien civilizations and other places in the universe, then we're also talking about technologies, technology that allows you to travel. See, at that level, Aliens don't travel like we do, you know, like uh, using our propulsion system mm -hmm. uh, with all this, uh, you know, going first to the moon linearly and then to Mars and then to the Pleiades, whatever. It's not like that. When you travel through a portal, it's kind of uh, you're going through a, a wormhole that connects two points in space. So you're literally going from point A to point B instantaneously faster than the speed of light. And so it's not taking you 60 years and 100 years and 500 years to go from planet to planet. It's taking you minutes and seconds, depending on where it is. And so, so now, uh, if we are at that level of technology, then we are also at a level of understanding how energy is transferred um, uh, throughout the planet and spread uh, throughout the planet also faster than the speed of light, meaning instantaneously. Therefore, our way of um, creating food, creating, uh, you know what I mean? It's not just about technology for transportation. Uh, receiving the energy from the universe, transfer that into um, energy to that, you know, that helps, you know, to, to run cars and everything else. Well, now we're talking about free energy because it's coming directly from the universe. You see, we're talking about a society that's living at a whole different level and free energy, free communication, communication, energy is transferred everywhere instantaneously. So, so what happens is now you have a society that's functioning at that level of intelligence and it's beyond the current governments, you know, then we don't need the pharmaceuticals to heal. We don't need the power companies to power our cars and our homes. We're at a whole different level um, of civilization um, and intelligence. Yeah, I, I love that. And I love the, the, <clears throat> the research that you're doing in that because, you know, in um in Buddhism and Hinduism, a lot of advanced uh, meditation and quantum hypnosis practices that has been going on for thousands of years in our practices have looked into these portals, either through biolocation or through just the dreamscape. And there's two types of portals. There's portals of physical portals that you can walk through. And we've had many, many uh, folklores of people walking through portals. And it's like, you're walking to the next room. That's literally what it's like. You're walking to the next room and out coming to the other room, which is another, you know, another physical existence in another galaxy or another dimension or whatever the portal goes to. The other thing is there's also the other kind of portal where you don't by locate into another physical location, which we have many, many stories of the first Buddha, Siddhartha Gautama Shakyamuni doing. 
and being very well known for biolocating from one location to another through different portals in nature that he's found. But also there you can look through the portal, like not walk through it, but it's almost like a window. Like you look through it to see, well, what's that dimension look like? And and so forth. So there's two different types of portals, but you're talking about the portal where you physically go from point A to point B. I just want to make that distinction because there's a lot of folklores in Buddhism and Hinduism about those two types of portals. So um so some are just looking There's where you can kind of one. look through. Oh, yeah. Tell us. Yeah. I mean, well, so so I talk about this in my classes. It, it Really, it's part of the fabric of space-time. And it's very organized. It's geometric, actually. It's it's not random. And so there's different types of portals that have different function, like what you're saying. Sometimes a portal just allows you to see in a different dimension, like you were mentioning, or to transport your physical body, biolocate one place to another. But some but some portals is what you're saying. You 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 know it's used for communication, meaning mm. specific specific points in space. Uh, have specific coordinates in space that allow you, if you are focused there, whether you transport your body or not, instantaneously faster than the speed of light, you can communicate with Mars or... or kind of like a telephone line? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Ooh, okay. So you, have, you have transport, like we were saying, you have communication, and then you have the portals that have to do with space-time. So... The space-time portals or the fabric, it's like a grid, you know, a grid within a grid within a grid. And the space-time portals allow you to go outside time and space. So imagine like, you know, so, so each portal is, again, it's like a wormhole. It's like a black hole. So as you are dipping into the black hole, you, you, time slows down, um, as you get closer, um, so slower, it gets slower, 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 slower until you're outside of time space. And so well, there's timelessness, there's infinity. And so from that place, you could do, you can also by locate or you can also experience another space time. Um, you know, can you give like, an example? example? Uh-huh. Like, for example, uh-huh. a past life. You know, whether you go physically or future, whether you go physically through, you know, your body or whatever, or your consciousness. So mm-hmm. those are allowing you to move through time. Um, and the portal is uh, the way to go outside of the linear space time. So okay, I want to I want to ask you a little bit more about this, um, this concept of space time portals. Okay, because uh, I haven't co- I haven't come across this of any of the authors yet who specialize in portals. So you're saying one of the ways in which you can use space time portal is within your own consciousness. So your aura field, your your Merkaba, <clears throat> the energy that you are in and of itself has a portal. That's how our consciousness goes from one version of reality to another, and and so forth. We're multi multi dimensional. So, but there's a lot of people who email. Uh, who email me and who also speak about uh, being almost in a timeless state of existence where everything slows, like almost like if you were going to go through a car accident, when it happens a very traumatic event, time slows down. You, you, you can slowly see the cars moving. You can slowly hear the wind. You can slowly see the leaves fall down. Like it completely moves. 
And but you're moving faster than everything else around you. And I know a lot of people have had these experiences where time literally is slowed down so much that they're watching everything in slow motion, but you know it only happened in about five seconds. Is that an example of consciousness travel through your inner portal? Yeah. And and also it's not just your energy field and it's not just one portal. Mm. What happens is that the physical brain, uh, you have to think of about it as uh, geometry. So the physical brain has the exact same geometry and this, the, the exact same patterning, the same pattern, uh, geometric pattern of the brain matches the geometric pattern of space-time. Mm. So, so it's kind of like you have a small uh, version of time-space, and that's what your brain is. So mm. within your brain, you're going to have several uh, portals. You know, it's not just one. And so I have all of this in my books and my teachings because it's geometry and it's a grid within a grid within a grid. And so the idea is you match your physical brain, you align your physical brain with the geometry of space-time. And it's almost like fractals. You know, it's like Russian dolls. The small Mm -hmm. doll fits in a bigger doll within the bigger doll in perfect alignment Mm -hmm. so that the small doll experiences everything that the bigger doll has and vice versa. So the physical brain is the small doll kind of aligned with the larger doll, which is the, you know, um, the, the, the container, if you will. And when you do that through meditation, every point in your brain aligns with every point of the grid so perfectly. And these points, what are they? Portals. So it means that your physical brain's portals are aligned with a larger portal in space. All you have to do is focus your intention or your your focus basically on one of the points and that corresponds to the point in space. You know what I mean? It's, It's connected to a specific point in space. That point in space is the coordinate that allows you to connect to Mars or Pleiades or whatever. Does that make sense what I'm saying? It, so it's, it's orchestrated. It's, it's an intelligent design. It's not random. Why does our brain look the way it does? Why does a physical body look the way it does? You know, it's not like, oh, I'm just going to create this, you know, intelligent being and give them a head and arms. Everything has specific ratios and proportions and design and geometry for the purpose of existing on one planet and yet remaining connected to the entire universe. Yeah, so there's this concept in Buddhism. It's a very advanced Buddhism that very few people know about. But um, the basic understanding is this, is that um, your brain is developed like the universe. Everything inside you, is your, your whole brain is wired like the universe. And exactly. the universe is in your brain as it is outside. So if you wanted to, for example, biolocate to another part of the planet or another planet in the universe, theoretically, you focus on that location of that planet in the universe and imagine it in your brain because it exists in parallel in your brain, in that spot in your brain. And then you focus on that spot, that location in the universe in your brain. And then technically you're 
you kind of either experience it through acid travel or you experience it physically or, or you know, how, how, however it's been experienced. But that's the basic concept. And you just explained that basic concept in ancient Buddhism in terms of uh, meditation. And that's why a lot of Zen monks meditate for days and days and days because they're literally experiencing different planets within the universe in their brain but it's not physically going there they haven't gone to the point where they physically go there for whatever reason um now you say that these space time portals the other thing also is because i've had this done happen a couple times accidentally and i don't know how to recreate on on demand and i've had other viewers send um, emails and figure out how do i do this on purpose where um they are maybe sitting in a cocktail party and i've done this i've been sitting in, in dinner and somebody will uh, tip over a glass of wine. You know how fast a glass of wine is going to fall off the table. It takes about two seconds. However, as the person tips it over, I'm looking at it and it's going in slow-mo. Okay. The wine's falling over. And so I'm watching it and I just grab it and put it back on the table, but it's happening in, re- in real time. Everybody else is, as I'm seeing everybody else go, Oh, I've already picked it up, grabbed it, stuck on the table, not knowing that everybody else in the environment is going really slow because they're reacting to it in real time. And that by the time they finish their gas, it's already on the table and I'm finishing my next bite. And then all of a sudden I'm re, uh, re-synergized with the rest of reality and everybody's freaking out going, where did it fall? Where? Oh, whoa, what happened? And I'm like, what are you so what's that? Is, is that the same kind of thing? Yeah, so what happens is that, you know, because your brain has the exact same wiring as space-time, you have the ability to manipulate. It's it, Time-space is malleable. Mm. So, but it's your consciousness, it's your brain that has the ability to manipulate how fast and how slow it goes. And so, mm. so some people are doing it, can do it spontaneously, like without even... So, so Are you doing reaction- it spontaneously? Oh, are you doing it spontaneous on a purpose? Because I want to know how to do it on purpose. And so does a lot of people. Well, you can train yourself. You can train yourself. And that's the Uh. idea of this work. And so you notice like, wait, I'm doing spontaneously. What did my brain just do? And then you just kind of start to uh, notice, you you know, your brain did this and your brain did that. And so eventually it, it just comes out spontaneously simply by you having the reaction of, wait, I want to stop this. That's all you need as an intention for your brain to manipulate, you know, the fabric of space time that's malleable and slow it down. So, so, you know, it's Uh, very powerful. I want, you know, I have a lot of people, um, because I haven't figured out all the six senses and new six senses come along, along as I raise my frequency as, as my audience members all around the world raise their frequency and they're coming up with these reports and, and we're all learning together. So we really want to know how to do this on command because I've had this a couple of times where um, throughout my life, it only happens on very dramatic e- events, but not consistently where I would be walking on the street, uh, on the side of the street with my girlfriend and she would trip and a car would come by and I would, and it would happen really fast. Okay. You're going to fall, you're going to get hit by a car. But for whatever reason, it slowed down. I'm grabbing her and pulling her and she falls over like, whoa, you know, freaking out, all that. These kind of incidences happen where someone, someone's kid's going to, you know, going a little too fast, chasing a ball. And I run up and I stop it. 
the kid and the kid doesn't go through and, and a car accident completely misses them. But I don't know what's going on. I'm just kind of focusing on my life. But as I'm seeing it, everything is slowing down and I'm just running at my normal speed. And then it matches up. I can't do it consistently and on command. And same with my audience members. And we want to know how to do it on command. That is the next level that we're interested in as well. So you're teaching this work. Um, and when you have those webinars, definitely watch out for her webinars and courses online so that she can touch more on these magnificent ways to use portals. And you said there's even more kinds of portals too. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's each portal functions differently, you know, for different reasons. So, um, so that's what I was saying earlier. Sometimes it has to do with space time. Sometimes it has to do with communication. So, so what you were, uh, referring to earlier with that example of the glass or what have you with the girlfriend, uh, you, you are working with the space time portals because you're, you're, you're manipulating time. And so, and space basically. And so, so that's why the more you learn uh, about the fabric of space time and, you know, all this grid patterning uh, of your brain, which is the same as the the universe, if you will, uh, then you learn like through just different techniques and uh, um, training and classes and types of meditations. Like, for example, I have a meditation that has to do with zero points. Zero points are the portals. Mm -hmm. And so not all the meditations do the same thing. And so that's why just different training allows you to become more and more in charge, you know, kind of master the functioning of your brain so that then you can practice. You can start to practice and do it on purpose that way. Oh, Wow. If, if, if these fifth dimensional people can get to the point where they've mastered that skill, whoa, look out. Okay. So about a tear in the sky. So in your documentary, a tear in the sky, which everybody can, can watch on Amazon prime, um, David Mason, which is a UA, UAF technologist that you had, uh, he said in there that Everything has different frequencies, and in the sky, it's almost like different radio waves. Stars have different frequencies. The objects that come through the portals in the sky have different frequencies. And so he can tell from his technology what is a plane, what is a uh, quote, quote, UFO, what is a star, what is a planet, etc. So, um, and which goes to the token that humans and people have different frequencies as well like when he was doing that did he come up across any frequencies of biological beings inside those aircraft mm, great question but or just, just, uh, just the aircraft yeah so just uh, real quick to for the audience uh, whoever's listening right now and has not seen the film i think everybody should watch the film it takes a lot more yeah yeah because we are uh, speaking of portals uh, what we've done is uh, in the film, we caught, we literally, we captured a portal visually that like, so, you know what I mean? So that has never been done before on uh, um, one of our cameras. Uh, we saw literally this, this thing open and close and the scientist, it, this is a scientific investigation, uh, reported um, a bunch of little 50 to 100 actual objects coming out of it. 
So reflective object, this, this isn't radiation. This is some light effect. This isn't, so that, that's what makes this work and this film absolutely unique. I've never seen anywhere, um, a video of something like that. And so this is more of a validation that when we talk about portals, like, or, or a UFO, coming out of nowhere, you know, kind of doing some strange maneuver and then disappearing. Like what, where is, where did it just go? You know, it's like, mm -hmm. uh, so, so that's why I really encourage everybody to watch the film because of that discovery. It's at the end of the, towards mm -hmm. the end, uh, so that they start to kind of, because it's important to visualize and this is real. Like this is an yeah. animation. Like we didn't make this up. We were just have our cameras and it was like, Oh, you want to watch the that? film because you, you I mean, we can't really describe what's in the picture. You got to yeah. watch the film to see what we're describing because you want to see exactly. it for yourself. Yeah. And so what happened was, um, so, so because the more you see, like I said, in, in the film, you start to kind of, make sense or believe more or materialize more what you think a portal looks like or is it really there or where is it so that's why I feel this film like brings like visual you know representation of all these concepts so I'm very excited about that and and now when you have the scientists this is a scientific team so when you have the inventor David Mason and uh, you know talk about frequencies so what happens is that if you were to point your uh, camera or your equipment at those portals or at these objects, you know, you, you detect different things, different sounds, different, different signatures. And so the more you do that, the more you start to notice that, oh, well, each star has its own mm -hmm. sound, which is amazing. You know, think mm -hmm. about that. We're looking at a star, but we have no idea that they're actually emitting a sound. And so same with the body. The body's in mm -hmm. sound, you know. Yeah, everybody has a unique uh, energy signature. Tone, Just like stars. yeah, exactly. Tone, yeah. Yeah, and so so he uh, has uh, caught some uh, some UFOs with, with a specific signature, but I don't believe in, in this case he has recorded the signature or the tone of a being inside uh, it's mm. more like, you know, it's just like, this is an anomalous sound and that's that so far. But we are continuing with our invent because we had very, very sophisticated devices in this film. Again, first time ever. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, so we're, we're really wanting to target more and more, uh, you know, have the ability to discern. Is there a being in there? Is it different? Is it, you know, and, and things like that. But first we're identifying the actual anomalies that they are anomalies. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it's it's a teaser, but it's not a spoiler alert because you actually have to watch the portal in the sky and the craft come through in the video to see to really get a good idea of of what is happening. So let's talk about the um, the the UFOs. So um, the two thousand four USS Nimitz, which was one of the the ones that were discussed. It's the famous Navy Tic Tac UFO, the way it looks like a Tic Tac. And anybody, anybody can go to YouTube or um, Tic Tac, the app, and just type in the Tic Tac UFO and they can see it. It looks like a Tic Tac flying over. Um, and 
you you get a lot of these military uh, footage that has been verified and talked about in the New York Times, Washington Post, all these quote quote um, mainstream news sites about these different ones. But I wanted to ask you about this phenomenon because I've seen many of these over the last year and more last year than the last two years. And there's many people who are independent people who are putting up cell phone footage videos from Kiev, Ukraine mm. of UFOs. They say UFOs are flying over Kiev, Ukraine, right in the middle of the war zone area. Because kind of like having having popcorn and watching the events unfold. And one, two, find no problem. But there are many of these from independent people posting their cell phone videos of uh, what they're seeing in their skies. And so I wanted to know, what are your thoughts on this phenomenon of seeing UFOs over war-torn areas yeah, that people you know, are reporting? Yeah, in general, it's very, uh, it's much more complicated than we think. In other words, mm. it's the phenomenon is just not one thing, not, uh, you know, all the tic tacs are the same, not all the triangular shapes, uh, shaped uh, objects are the same, not every UFO is the same, meaning it's not necessarily extraterrestrial, you know, sometimes it's a technology that we have, we don't want uh, mm-hmm. anybody to know about yet or what have you. And sometimes it's a hundred percent, um, you know, extraterrestrial because it morphs, you know, it, it changes yeah, yeah. from physical to non-physical to, so, so what I'm saying is that it's, it's case by case. You, we can't mm-hmm. say, um, you know, like these are all UFOs from, you know, this technology that, so you have to, however, there are common denominators. So, mm-hmm. For example, in the area where we were in Catalina, we have uh, the first Navy pilots reporting them in 2004, like you, you just mentioned in the movie. But then in the same area, you have other Navy ships in, in 2015, 17, 19. So you have other ships um, from the Navy. And, and it's mm-hmm. important to mention because Navy people are, you know, trained to look at the sky and make sure it's not a threat or what have you. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so they're, you know, so they're, they're, they're reporting swarms of, of these things, these objects. So mm-hmm. when you have multiple uh, witnesses like that, especially credible witnesses from the same area reporting the exact same thing, then you, you could start to kind of think, okay, well, this is, but it's not necessarily the same as what's happening in Kiev. Now, having said that, I'm not saying that the ones in Kiev aren't UFOs, but I'm saying it may not be the same. Um, Some of them may be drones um, and some of them may also be extraterrestrial. So that's what I'm saying. We have to be careful kind of categorizing uh, everything. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Well, the 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 TR three, which is a flat yeah. triangle yeah. Um, aircraft, it has three lights. It looks like a black triangle. It has three lights. It's flat. That's a TR three, and they've already published uh, the copy the um, patent on that. It's a that's a government um, aircraft right. that they've right. already come out with. But all the other ones that don't look that that look different than that, and there's a lot of variety that looks different than that. Yeah. That you that that are 
people are posting all over the world from the video yeah. cell phone video and also right now the huge abundance that you're not seeing on mainstream news but you're seeing on people's cell phone footage that they're uploading right. into tiktok right. and other places there's a plethora of a variety of them yes. so two yes. three five maybe ten you can say that they digitally created with their samsung yeah. galaxy phone and whatnot but there's so much more that at some point it's like well you gotta just throw the towel and just go. I don't know. <laughs> so, so it can't all be government. But oh um, no, for sure, definitely, I totally agree. You know, the thing is, you mentioned about Catalina Island um, in California. Is there a um, the UFOs? A lot of people have reported um, that they see UFOs around that area and they come out of the water in that area. Is there some kind of like uh airport under Catalina Island in that area in the, under the water in the mountains or something? What, what's the yeah. deal with that area? Oh my God. This area is known to, actually since the 1920s, I believe there are reports hmm. of objects coming out of the water, going into the water. So, you know, it's said that, um, I mean, they're saying there's speaking of portals, I think there must be a portal of some sort and an underwater base of some sort where, cause these objects that are going in and out of the water also I, I believe this is my personal opinion is not human technology. Mm. Uh, some of it may be, but not, not all. And so, um, I, I think because there are so many witnesses, you know, all saying the same thing who don't know each other, have nothing to lose. A lot of them are credible, especially recently. There are a lot of, um, I don't know if you noticed breaking news airline, uh, airline pilots, commercial airline and a, uh, F-18, uh, pilot as well, who, uh, who was flying, uh, a private plane at the time. And, uh, who, um, you, who also reported uh, the exact same thing in the same area, mm. uh, going in the water, out of the water. So there's gotta be something going on. And, and again, uh, those portals, this is, this is an important reminder. These portals aren't just above us. They're below us too. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, um, we're, we're, we're 3D. We're not like just on the surface of the planet. That's it. It's everywhere. You mm-hmm. know, we're traveling mm-hmm. into space up, down, you know, everywhere. In, so, in earth, in the portals inside earth too, like in the caverns of earth. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Of course. Was, well, I mean, it doesn't make sense that what, like it stops at the surface of the planet. It's, it's, yeah. it's energy and it's space where if space is uh, geometric and organized, then it's it's everywhere, you know. Right, right. So. Well, one of the things one of the things in Buddhism and uh, ancient Hinduism, going back to the Vedas and beyond, is um, is the concept of raising consciousness as a barometer for mm-hmm. for entering these portals and these experiences because. Uh, there's a lot of folklores in Buddhism about um, different portals that you can find in nature um, in certain um, mountains to go to civilizations that in folklore like Shambhala or Agartha or whatever. But there's a lot of these folklores. And the common theme is that you must be of higher frequency in order to enter these because if you it's like it's like your personal aura field, your Merkaba, is the, the energy that you emit is dependent on your consciousness level. 
And if your consciousness level is 3D or low, you can go to any one of these spots that have high energy resonance, uh, a portal spot, and you'll walk through and you will not experience anything. Whereas somebody else who has a higher frequency, a higher energy field, who has maybe a fifth dimensional or higher aura field will walk through and they will be able to go through the portal and go to the other side to wherever that portal goes, whether it goes to the folklore of Shambhala or wherever it goes to, because many of these, um, these temples and uh, locations that have these portals, whether they put a temple or a pyramid or some megalithic on top of it, there's also smaller ones as well um, that haven't been publicized that a lot of tribal uh cultures know about but they don't go into them because sometimes um if you're not in high frequency you can't handle the experiences so the, some of some of the experiences can kind of scare you so let me give you an example i'm here in the pacific northwest um and there's a lot of nature portals and i've done episodes on nature portals and i've had guests um and people email me with their experiences and they will find a portal in nature and they will hear Bigfoot and they will communicate with Bigfoot and it will scare them. It'll pop them right out of their meditation and they'll run away from the portal area because they weren't ready for that kind of communication or because they scared Bigfoot too. Bigfoot was scared because what? Somebody's here? <laughs> so somebody actually has access? So, um, th- but they'll have these experiences. Uh, it was, it was also displayed in the History Channel documentary over um, Skinwalker Ranch as well. In that documentary, they overlaid a bunch of pictures in the sky of where most of the weird stories were. And they, after they overlaid it, what they found, and you guys can watch it, is they found all the scatter of the rocks when they overlaid together, it made a circular portal in the sky. Okay, because all the dirt was gravitating around the circle of the portal so um so what do you want to tell people who are testing out these portal sites so that they can have a more enjoyable communication versus a scary one i mean because it does depend on consciousness you're going to track what you are technically yeah i mean it yeah, it's it's the base of everything, to be honest. You have to see the state of where you are right now uh, before you start anything. So, for example, even when we're teaching telekinesis or things like that, you know, people say, oh, I really want to learn or I really want to do this or whatever. But as they're saying this, like there's all these belief systems that come up like, can I really do this? Or like, how does it work? And it doesn't make whatever. So, so part of the work that I do is first bring up all of your blocks. Mm. Uh, So don't even start, don't even go, don't even start by saying, by saying, oh, I'm going to do an out-of-body experience and go travel and just see what happens. Before you even start something, you have to be aware of where your consciousness is at because your conscious Mm -hmm. mind is saying, oh, I really, really want to do this. And your subconscious mind is saying, no way. Like this, I can't. You're not ready. (laughs) I'm not gifted. I'm not ready and blah, blah, blah. And so it goes for the same, for everything, whether you're trying to experiment with a portal or especially people who come to me want to understand who they are, where they came from, what is their lineage? That is the biggest uh, thing, uh, you know, for awakening. And so... 
So, but, but then I can look at them and see all the fears, all the beliefs. So that is step one. You have to have a protocol in place before mm-hmm. you do anything you want. The first step is to quiet your mind, do a specific type of meditation. Not all meditations do the same thing. Then you want to bring up all the blocks <laughs> that are related to this exercise. If you're trying to do to, uh, connecting to a portal or trying to uh, do telekinesis exercise or whatever, or telepathy or anything, bring up everything that's coming up. You know, there's a specific way of doing that, tapping into the subconscious mind. You have to clear every single one of them. Because mm-hmm. again, you're, you're, one part of you is saying, I want this. The other part of you is saying, I, I can't do it at the same time, but it's subconscious. You're not aware that you're doing that. So that's why you bring up everything, everything in the subconscious, you clear, clear, clear. And then when you get to a completely neutral place, neutral means you're totally detached. You're totally in the present moment and you are very centered. You're very aligned. Then you do the exercise you're supposed to do. And again, every exercise is different. You know, do you want to travel through space? Do you want to do out of body? So, so that's what I've been teaching for 20 years, you know? So, so that's why you have to have specific protocols and methods in place in order to do different things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's just like an early conversation where you're saying there's different types of portals that have different experiences. A lot of my, of the Macabre chakras, audience members are reporting the same exact things so they're, they're reporting amongst each other well this portal that i went through when i did the meditation on the portal i was able to communicate with the ancient trees of the forest and have a conversation with them others reported in other locations i communicated with bigfoot it scared the heck out of me i wasn't ready for that one so i'm not gonna go there for a while um i've had people uh send emails that they have and i've spoken to some of my clients to try these exercises as well um when they think they're ready to communicate they would go through and they would find a portal and then they would have communication with reptilians and they, and that kind of scared them because they weren't ready for that one um and, and they don't know why that's the communication that comes to in that portal location so it, and then of course did you have you have different ones um i've had somebody who uh communicated with a a high frequency portal area on a reservation and they got communication from the old um, wise ones of the tribes. So there's a wide variety of experiences that people are experiencing who are doing this work and they are working on their fifth dimensional frequency. They're working on expanding their consciousness to be open to, uh, you know, source having a plethora of expressions for itself as what we call aliens non-physical physical whatever you want to call it but a unlimited form of expressions for sentient beings they're being open and not judgmental and just coming in with with love and peace and just curiosity for communication um no no malicious intent nothing like that just for more exploration kind of like star trek you know we come in peace we just want to be friends yeah maybe share some wisdom some kindness and that's yeah. what my uh, my audience members go into these experiences with. So do you want to add more to that? Yeah. So it's, the thing is, you know, you're talking about uh, the experiences, but part I was mentioning protocol. Like you don't go in the experience without 
a specific methodology. And part of this methodology, like I was saying earlier, the, the meditation, the quiet and clearing this. But then the, the last thing, I mean, one of the, the important points is the intention. Mm. So in other words, you don't go in saying, uh, I mean, sometimes you can if you want to, but you don't go and say, I'm going to go to this portal and just whatever happens, happens. I mean, usually it's like, I want to go to this portal and experience, I want to meet my higher self. I want to go to this portal and experience uh, the beings that live on planet Mars or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you have to have a specific intent so that you don't open yourself to stuff that, you know, that's going to scare you. Because to be honest, if, especially in the beginning, you know, this could scare you enough that you could shut, shut down. Like you'd be like, oh, yeah. I'm not doing this again. So and you don't want so that. Exactly. So that's the reason why you want to train yourself. You, you want to control the experience. So that's why having a protocol methodology and be guided properly, you do it a few times, then you become boom, boom, boom. You know, you know exactly how to get there and what to do. Yeah. Well, you know, Miss Corey, I mean, a lot, I mean, I know the mainstream news and then there's a lot of the, the, the TV shows that are talking about UFOs and, and, and aliens and all these other kind of things. And we're, you're getting wonderful research, um, about the portals in the sky. But a lot of the audience members, they are gamers and they are young adults and they're very curious and they're very metaphysical. And, um, you'll find them as soon as somebody posts a TikTok or some kind of video, like, Hey, I found this really interesting phenomenon is happening here. They're, they'll make a weekend trick and they'll go there. They'll, they'll you know, I'll, like when they had the monolith that showed up at the park in, I think it was Utah. A lot of the audience right. members started checking there just to go like, I want to see what that's all about. So, um, so they, they are very, very fearless. And I just want to make sure that um, they're going in with discernment, um, going yeah, in with exactly. um, with a good background, a good foundation for themselves, and so that they have good experiences to report to everybody else. So if you come, I always tell people, if you come across experience that jars you, tell everybody else so that they can kind of avoid that experience and maybe go to ones that are a little more positive that other people have more fun experience like the fairy circles people love those um so let's talk about one of my favorite subjects um because a lot of your courses go into raising your frequency to a fifth dimensional and higher level um being of higher frequency higher consciousness and and we barely touch that as a prerequisite to be able to handle communication and exists with these sentient beings of the universe that are in these higher dimensions that you can meet through these portals or these portal exercises. And as it becomes, you know, more prevalent that our technology is going to get to the point where we're using portals as, as transportation. Uh, um, and it's not just going to be like, like at one time, helicopters and planes were folklore to ancient peoples. And now they're ev- are every day. We're going to get there. So when we get there, Society needs to get to a point where they mature to that consciousness to be able to be uh, intergalactic and communicate with various beings that are in forms that we can't even fathom. You know, just kind of like at one point, uh, black people couldn't fathom white people and white people couldn't fathom black people. And then all of a sudden there's these Asian people that, they, you know, so um, and then when we come together, 
it hopefully it's a nice musing and a nice exchange of cultures. And that's what I hope for and what Buddhists hope for the future of humanity. But before we can get that, one of the things we have to do is heal our traumas. And so you have a lot of offerings about energy healing. Do you want to talk about some of them? Yeah, exactly. As I was saying earlier, you know, we don't realize how much is in our subconscious mind and, uh, you know, whatever imbalances we have, physical, emotional, or, you know, addictions or traumas, uh, there's a huge energetic and emotional component that that is really the root cause of what is manifesting for you. So I, I, that's why I, I noticed that, uh, the DNA or the cells actually, the cellular memory is programmable because you mm -hmm. didn't come in with a trauma. Like you didn't come in as a baby afraid mm -hmm. to be in an elevator. You know what I mean? So it's something you learn somehow you programmed yourself because you had the drowning experience or you had whatever. And so, so what this means is that you programmed yourself and your cells uh, through fear and through whatever experiences you've had. So this means that if you programmed it to become a problem, eventually developing in, um, as a physical problem, well, then you can deprogram it. You can take out the programming. And so, so the idea is through thoughts. You, you know, you put in these thoughts and feelings, you can take out these thoughts. And, and so, but how do you do that? And mm. how do you identify what to take out, you see? And so it's not so simple, like, oh, I'm afraid of, I'm claustrophobic in elevators. Okay, that's one thing. But there's a lot underneath that, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? It's a layer uh, over, you know, and a layer over layer over layer. And so so that's why I realized, like, oh, my God, that's the, that's the base of clearing and healing all our trauma, uh, before you can, you can't go to, like I was saying earlier, you can't go to portals and do all that stuff. If you have all this programming in you, I'm not mm -hmm. good enough. I'm a failure. My body doesn't work. I don't trust myself. So on, so on, so forth. And so that's why I developed a whole methodology, the healing uh, techniques that I have, the Omnium method, which is based on reprogramming yourself and getting to the root cause the real, real root cause of your current issue. Mm -hmm. Once you get there and you reprogram that, you take it out, you undo what you did at the age of three or two, whatever, then it's like a domino effect. Every, all the other blocks kind of start to tumble, you know? And yeah. so, so, so that's so important. That is the base of my healing method. And then you mentioned, you know, you have to be in a clear vehicle, that's mm -hmm. what the healing is about. Eventually, you are less and less and less um, um, complicated. <laughs> you know, you're back to your original, pure, clean self. Now you can start doing all of these things and moving. And for me, it's not fifth dimension and sixth dimension and seven dimension. It's not linear like that. It's more like you are three-dimensional and then you open to your multidimensionality. So you may be able to experience a couple of more dimensions, but you're still multidimensional. You're opening up to everything. Mm -hmm. That is the real training. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Buddhism, the fifth dimension, maybe the sixth, that's debatable. Um, 
a lot of Buddhists like to debate about these metaphysical topics, and that's okay because that's the whole point is just different options of 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 experiencing creation. But fifth and sixth is supposedly the last physical dimension, and then as you go higher in frequency, it becomes non physical experiences. So as you go yeah, higher and higher. Yeah, I don't see it this way. I have my own, you know, perspective on this. I feel the brain um, right now is focused three-dimensional, you mm-hmm. know, you see three dimension, maybe four, you know, but, but what happens is that, uh, you know, when you fun and you're functioning at like 10% capacity, you know, they say, mm-hmm. oh. so what's the other 90%? Like what, like, what is what is the brain doing? Just like nothing. Why is it there? And so why is it only 10%? So it's a little bit this way. The brain normally is focused on three-dimensional, but it has the capacity to have all the dimensions, mm-hmm. all the dimensions, mm-hmm. like we were talking earlier. Your brain uh, is the same wiring as the, the universe. Now, it doesn't have the same wiring as Earth and the moon and three planets. It has mm-hmm. the the wiring of everything at once, you mm-hmm. see. And mm-hmm. so that's why we have a full brain that, that matches the entire universe. And so as you expand, as you, you know, heal and expand and expand, and, and there is a technique to do that. Again, one of my meditations, you actually go outside time space. You know, you go through a zero yeah, point within the, the brain. You go outside time space and you resurface as having all of the dimensions at once. That is the training. And the idea is that you can maintain your three-dimensional focus and your multidimensional focus at the same time and go back and forth. This means Mm. I'm talking to you right now, right? So I'm using my 3D brain, you know, to find the words and like hear myself that I'm making sense or whatever, right? That's the normal you know, the cognitive, the frontal lobe, the temporal lobe, you know, it's firing so that I can speak this way. But at the same time, I train myself, for example, and that's the training to also be tapped into everything at the same time. That's my larger brain. That's my full brain capacity. So that if you ask me a question, what's my lineage? So I have to switch. I, my physical brain doesn't know. I don't know. You know, I have to switch to the part of the brain that ha- is res- in resonance with, with the entire universe because you didn't come from, I have to go find that point in space that will give me that information if that makes sense. So yeah. I, can, I can quickly, if I'm trained, I can quickly tap into that information and find it and then relay it through my 3D brain and tell you, oh, I see that you are blah, blah, blah. So mm. what I'm saying is, the training is not linear to me. The training is, uh, and so you don't go from fifth dimension, sixth dimension, physical, and then you go into non-physical. Mm-hmm. You you go you can jump around. Dimen- yeah, yeah, you can jump around from physical to non-physical, physical, non-physical, physical, non-physical, and the non-physical is bigger and bigger and bigger the more trained you ha- trained you are. Yep, yep. So it's not. It's not. It's so. It's just like what they say. It's not. It is a kind of infinite array of, it just depends on the experience that you want to have. So you're just going to jump to the level of conscious you need, depending on the experience you want to have. So let's talk exactly. about the, let's talk about the exactly. future. And the more, and the more training you have and the more clearer you have, the bigger and larger the experience you can have. 
Because then your brain can can reach further out in the universe and and download bigger information that you can handle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to talk about your book, um, the Divine Plan Now and Beyond twenty two fifty. So you have some really positive things to tell people for um, the future. So what do you want people to know about the future? Is that all doomsday? I don't think so. If it was, like, <laughs> I wouldn't be here. <laughs> That's for sure. So would I. Yeah, right? So, uh-huh. um, yeah, I think, so what I've done in this book is I've basically remembered and downloaded a lot of information um, about where we're going, you know, and it's a much larger intelligence that is orchestrating all of this. It's not just, you know, the physical aspects of our being. And so I talk about the different beings, the different intelligences that that are physically incarnated, that are on the other side of the veil, um, that are basically doing different things to um, move the evolution of humanity and really of the earth itself, because um, the way we've been behaving on this planet the last 200,000 years, um, the planet shouldn't be here, honestly. I mean, we should have self-destructed many times over. And so these beings and these intelligences are sustaining our uh, the life force uh, you know, on the planet right now and moving us towards that uh, next level of evolution. So I feel from now for another 250 years, um, all our systems are going to change. There's no way the current systems can uh, move forward. Like current governments, current uh, systems, economy, agriculture, um, energy, none of that, all of that becomes obsolete. So we're moving into, we talked about this briefly earlier, the type of society we're moving into is at a much, much, much higher level of intelligence where everything is filtered down from the universe, you know, is without, without any, uh, specific, you know, person or government or emperor or king or whatever, you know, it's more of a, a global citizenship, mm-hmm. uh, having access to all of the intelligence in the universe. Uh, but also the human body is changing, you know, mm-hmm. we're moving more because we are accessing, um, eventually, I'm not saying tomorrow, but the next couple of generations, we're accessing now information um, and the life force directly from the universe, from this, from space, from the cosmos. Then our bodies are um, are sustained differently. Our mm-hmm. digestive system is changing. We need less of food and water. Our sleep patterns is changing. We need less sleep in general. Uh, you know our breathing pattern, all sorts of the physical physiology also is changing to, to help to, to, to an evolved state so that as a human being, you are more focused on uh, bringing information, larger, you know, awareness of things. And as you interact with each other, as you interact with the planet, the you know, the animal kingdom, you know, all of that becomes at a whole different level of intelligence. Um, and so all those superhuman powers such as telepathy or telekinesis or teleportation, all of that becomes possible eventually. 
So we're not there yet, but uh, that's what I see this planet uh, evolving towards. So well, see, that's ex- that's exciting. See, it's not doomsdays, you guys. It's not going to be all doomsday. Um, you know, the thing about about that that future reality that you see, uh, are there going to? Is there a possibility that there's going to be multiple versions of that higher, you know, frequency reality? Uh, yeah, it's possible uh, at least a couple of different versions because a lot of people are Mm. what happens is that what happens is that like I was saying earlier the current systems have to self-destruct you know because they created a momentum they're not going to suddenly disappear like the people who are creating you know wars and hatred and they're not going to wake up tomorrow and say oh now I am awake and I'm just going you know it's it's a momentum energy is a momentum so they've already created all of this momentum but that momentum is self-destructive so eventually that entire reality is going to self-destruct so that is one aspect of reality but at the same time as that one aspect of reality is self-destructing, the new um, energies and the, the new realities that I just mentioned are also being birthed and being born. And so mm-hmm. that's that's kind of like, you know, it's like one is fading out, one is fading in. Yeah. Look, look, look what I've always said to um, to my viewers is, you know, you're not going to turn snakes into puppies and puppies into snakes. You got to accept them for the animals that they are and then work with what they are and focus on what you want to create. Um, you know, do you have a last message to leave viewers with? Like, uh, I know there's so much more that we can go into and you have so much to offer and consciousness and energy healing and all of these um, metaphysical topics play into being able to be in the residence to have those higher experiences with these portals in the sky and on the ground. So um, for people who want to have these higher experiences, what's your last message? Yeah, I, I encourage, I mean, I make these films so that people get encouraged, you know, encouraged to do the work we are doing, you know, and so Terror in the Sky is, brings so much validation, so much, especially with this wormhole. So I think everybody should watch that just to have that empowered um, awareness. And then mm-hmm. also Superhuman. Superhuman is another um, incredible movie about the power of mind over we do scientific experiments to demonstrate that. So mm-hmm. but the, so what I'm saying is, please use these tools. It's what, like five bucks or two, three bucks, whatever to watch a movie these days. So, so it's available. You do that so that it gives you an added kind of visual representation presentation of where we are going, where mm-hmm. we are going. We're going to this higher state of awareness. And so, um, and to, to believe, because it's very easy to get discouraged. I mean, look mm-hmm. around. It's like, we think, oh, there's still war. There's still this, there's still famine. Yes, yes. But it's these systems ha- didn't, weren't born yesterday. They are now accumulating, getting no. worse so that they self-destruct and for you to just keep the vision keep the vision keep going forward mm-hmm. so so that's what i um want to remind everyone and we have all the tools available so i highly encourage everybody to just keep stay focused on where we're going yeah stay focused on where we're going because it's going to be beautiful and it is already beautiful and there's already these metaphysical experiences that are available right now if you are of the frequency and you are ready for those experiences you can 
tap into some of these early experiences that a lot of people are are doing right now. Um, and so, you know, we don't have to wait for them. They're already here. But then as we progress in this evo- spiritual evolution that we're on um, as a society, bigger and bigger and more fabulous experiences will open up for you as well. So, you know, just these, these entry-level portal experiences that I've been talking about, we've been talking about the people are testing out right now with their consciousness are, are the tip of the iceberg. And there's so much more. So there's a lot of inspiration. And as once, like you said, Miss Corey, as one system falls away, the, the replacement has always been there. It's just going to grow um, in abundance. Well, Miss Carolyn Corey, thank you for offering your lifetime of work to fifth dimensional and above frequencies, teaching energy healing, introducing ET and UFO documentaries to us into embracing first contact with interdimensional beings um, whom are our peers within sources consciousness. So again, for more information about Caroline's offerings, please visit her website, which is on the show description, but it's omniumuniverse.com and thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation until next time blessings we hope you enjoyed this episode of merkaba chakras where we talk buddhism in the fifth dimension For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.